Check your trim set. Check your heading north. Light heading is 074. Check your altimeter set. 2946. Corrected center point elevation. Zero feet. Check your barrel running zero. Check your SDS 1230, 3034. Check your field. Check your speed up. Lights out. Welcome to the Renegade Aviator Radio Show with David Costa. Bob, Mo, updated we have done. Two soldiers at five. We on the airfield and airspace. You are clear for takeoff. Have a good one. Thanks, Mo. Clear for takeoff. Check your parker brake off. Check your trim set. Check your nozzle steering on. Maneuver. Damn it. Half scroll face. Left turn out. That's what I'm up. Off brakes now. All right, here we go. Burners ready now. What I have for you this week is a first-hand account of someone involved with our new partner of the Renegade Aviator Radio Show. We all have a responsibility to give back, and Vets with Wings is our choice. Rolando Corral, U.S. Army combat veteran, is my guest today. My introduction will not do justice to what Rolando will explain to you today. So, this is your captain speaking. Sit back, relax, and buckle up your seatbelts. You will be inspired by your flight with the Renegade Aviator and Vets with Wings today. Here we go. Hey, uh, Rolando, real quick question for you before we get started into your journey. Who is Rolando Corral? I mean, who are you? What's your background? I know you're a military combat vet, so give the audience a little bit of background about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for allowing me to be on your show. And I'm looking forward to meeting you someday. Just to give you a little background on myself, I grew up in the Valley, Central Valley, anywhere between Bakersfield and Weepatch to Fresno and all the little towns in between. It was mainly Flaherty County and Kings County. And uh, kind of went back to my roots when I moved back to Lemoore, California, out in the Island District. That being said, uh, I was probably conceived and almost killed at, at the same dairy. When I was four and a half years old, I got in a really bad uh, farming accident with the auger. And the uh, auger almost completely won. It almost took my life and my arm. But, uh, you know, obviously that didn't happen. So I grew up on the, mainly on the dairy farms. And uh, about the age of nine, I think, is when I moved near the uh, Lemoore base. And uh, again, we were on a, a dairy, helping out a uh, big family out there, raising their you know milk cows and stuff. And I just loved that type of life. And uh, I just kind of started to get this urge of wanting to serve, the, I believe, the greatest nation on earth. And of course, the Marine Corps commercials were pretty badass. <laughs> so in uh, that bravado, you know, I wanted to be a Marine. And uh, so throughout my high school career, <laughs> my whole life, all I wanted to go in the Marine Corps, and I knew mommy and daddy weren't going to be able to pay for college either. So, you know, I am very patriotic, but the truth is also I wanted that GI Bill. And growing up, knowing that I was uh, almost an amputee at four and a half, I had a lot of maybe overprotecting me because I was a pretty good kid and a lot of people loved me and they didn't want me to damage my arm permanently. And so, But I still played high school football out there in Lemoore. I learned how to uh, pole vault and became uh, very competitive and uh, started to find out like guys like uh, Tom Cruise and uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme was about my height, you know, and like these guys are pretty badass, you know, and uh, <laughs> These little guys who make it too, you know, in the military and or do service for our country, you know, because those were kind of my idols growing up watching those movies and stuff, right? You know, as a kid. And of course, growing up near uh, Lemoore Base, had a few of my friends that were, their fathers were pilots and we got to have a little behind the scenes out there in Lemoore. And I just loved it. I loved being around patriotic people. And of course, those country boys and some of us were the, the workers of the uh, 
farmers and some of them were the uh, sons and daughters of the farmers. And we all grew up together and uh, still have in contact with a lot of them and we support each other. And it goes back to some people say it's my quote. I don't know it is or not, but uh, I always say we're only as strong as those who choose to support us. And that's kind of been a, a kind of my mantra sort of going into the military. And uh, I had a lot of people supporting me. A lot of people were afraid of me going into the military. Long story short, right after high school, I didn't make uh, basically the physical for the Marine Corps. Basically took off my shirt and they seen my scars, huge scars. And they were like, uh, you're a no-go. Thanks for helping us recruit a few Marines into the, uh, the Marine Corps as you were in high school. Because I did a little bit of delay entry program with them, unofficial, you know, yeah. with the recruiters. I was a little gun ho you know, that's all I wanted to do is get <laughs> starting by high school, bare minimum. Never thought I would go into the academics. But again, I knew that uh, my path was going into the military. So because I couldn't go into the Marine Corps, I was a little depressed and a little just kind of lost purpose a little bit. You know, I was uh, fresh out of high school. That's all I ever wanted. So uh, I'm not sure how it happened, but I ended up going to an aviation school. How I heard about it, I think it was a recruiter that went into our uh, woodshop class. and. Uh, he had a good speech about uh, becoming an aviation mechanic or a pilot. Fell in love with aviation and all over again because from, uh, I'll say, fourth grade to eighth grade, you know, I was around farming and uh, Navy brats, you know, the farmers and Navy brats out there in Lemoore. And by high school in 1999, uh, I, I'm finding myself not knowing what to do. So am I going to stay on this farm milking cows and feeding cows the rest of my life? Looking at my dad and uncles who've been in it since the 70s and uh, have become American citizens. After a while, I'm first born on my dad's side, a migrant worker. At times, I got to see all that, and I, I didn't want to be a beat-up 40-year-old that looked like he was 60, you know? <laughs> it's hard work. So I felt like I wasn't going to be able to be a good citizen, you know, be part of the uh, a community. So I took off to Oklahoma, South Tulsa, Oklahoma, to an aviation school. And I didn't know anything about financial aid. I was paying a higher tuition because I was an out-of-state student. All this stuff, you know, so all the savings I had depleted. And... I did get really homesick and it was weird. It was kind of like cabin fever. Oklahoma was so flat and my mind was just couldn't wrap mine out of it. I felt like I was in the middle of the, of the San Joaquin Valley and just couldn't drive anywhere because, you know, you start driving west or east, you're getting somewhere because the mountains are getting bigger or they're behind you. Right. So I was kind of used to that. So that it was kind of a weird feeling. I never had that. So that was kind of my part of my odyssey, like, hey, you know, this. I love the valley. I love being here. Those are my roots. No thought. I never had roots. And I started to realize I do have roots. So I went back and uh, I met this young lady who 16 years later ended up being my future ex-wife, you know, and we had a great time meeting each other. And I, she knew that, that I still had that passion and I still wanted to serve my country. And she was okay with me trying to pursue to get into the army. So I, I joke around. It's not true. But I told people how I got into the army. I looked for the shadiest army recruiter, you know. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> those who know kind of know. <laughs> but uh, I went in with some waivers. You know, I had all my coaches from all the years of me uh, being in sports, very active. And they convinced the guys at MEP that I would be able to serve. So they told me the army has more options as far as jobs and you can lock in a job, a, a MOS. So I was a little greedy, I was a little upset because I, I wanted to be an MP and hopefully become a canine handler. That was one of the five jobs out of the 212 jobs they have, right? And they didn't allow me to go into any combat MOSs because of uh, my waivers, because of the physical damage that I had to my left arm. Hmm. So I'm like, okay, so what do I do? And then at the same time, I'm like, well, 
maybe, you know, God has a plan for me. Is this it? So I looked at the jobs and I did sign up to be an MP and it was like a six year commitment for active duty with no bonus. I'm like, come on guys, give me a bonus. I just got married. And they're like, well, there's nothing here, man. And I was like, God dang. They're like, well, you're lucky to even get in, just get in. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. So I look at the list again and I'm like, okay, what's this three-year contract? This is weird. I've never heard of a three-year contract. They're like, oh, that's a heavy wheel mechanic. And I was like, whoa, I kind of like working with my hands. Yeah. So I signed up as a mechanic. So I go in and I ended up in 3-7 CAV, you know, after basic training AIT. And everything is painted tan. Drill sergeant seen that I was going to 3rd ID Fort Stewart. And they pulled me to the side. And it's like they knew a year before that we were probably going to go into war, you know. So they had these E6s telling me to uh, be a sponge, learn everything. It don't does not matter that you're a mechanic. God damn it, learn everything. So I did. I, I took that advice. And uh, when I got into my uh, regular unit, I learned uh, a lot about the 50 cal, the 240 Bravo. And uh, we were training for convoy security. And then uh, my first field mission was Kuwait. We were there at the end of 2002 and, of course, the beginning of 2003. And we all know what happened in 2003. We invaded uh, Iraq. Pretty proud and then honored to serve in, I believe, one of the greatest units the Army has ever had. You know, out of 3rd Infantry Division, I was with 3-7 Cav. Mm. And um, there was a lot of history in Gary Owen. And we were the uh, spearhead into uh, Baghdad. And I kinda, I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but this is the truth. And I know there's a lot of other vets, but when we invaded Iraq, not, some of the E-5s and E-6s weren't ready to handle what we were going to go through. And some of us were very naive and very, uh, I didn't play too much black ops, so I didn't know what tracers when they weren't going the opposite direction in the range, you know? <laughs> yeah. Stay right there. More to come. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a true American from a family of immigrants, migrant farm labor, then handicapped, but still kicking butt. Think you have stuff to overcome? We are only as strong as those who choose to support us. This is real America here, not what you see on the news. Back after this, David Costa, Renegade Aviator, 888-366-5256. This is Dave Costa, the Renegade Aviator, and I want to put a plug out for thousands of the local small airports all over this country. Chances are, wherever you live, there is a great airport right nearby. Go visit them and tell them that David Costa, the Renegade Aviator, sent you. These airports provide real value to local communities, and you will be amazed at who you will meet and what you will find there. the host of the Renegade Aviator Radio Show, David Costa. Hey, we're back. You can call my office anytime, 888-366-5256. Vets with wings. 
and we're getting to why you should join me in the support of this great organization. But now, back to Rolando Corral, 3rd ID, 37 Cav. Before the break, the young man that was told because of his childhood injuries he could never be in combat was telling us about tracers in combat during the invasion of Iraq. Listen. So we're sitting blackout, you know, we're blacked out, and I'm seeing these weird lights floating across us and they're like red sometimes they're green and i'm like what the hell is that and i start hearing this funny noise and our vehicles are getting hit and i'm like holy shit those are rounds we're getting shot at i was like that's the way traces look like not when you're shooting up and down range they're hitting our convoy so we're on strict discipline not to fire back because we didn't want to give up our position i guess this is a very important thing um, i'm holding a notebook here i think this notebook is uh thicker than than any armor we had there other than our flak vest. Mm. Yeah, they call them thin skin vehicles, but we did not have any armor except, okay, we did have some protection. They had told us to put sandbags at our feet. <sighs> I guess just to slow down the shrapnel just a tiny bit. <laughs> <laughs> Real tiny. <laughs> yeah, so we were driving, invading Iraq with uh, old war stock. I believe some of it was uh, from Vietnam uh, that was painted tan. So we got to learn how to drive deuce and a half. And uh, we got to be in a unit that did a really good job. We had our line troops, our scouts were amazing. Our tankers were amazing. There was times where I had to do log packs and pull security for them as they slept or PMCS their vehicles. And right now I'm just getting the chills because I haven't talked about this stuff in a very long time. But I know there is healing and storytelling. And I know less than 1% of our nation serves our country. So I know a lot of guys get embarrassed. They don't want to talk. They don't want to have those certain questions to ask. There are other vets out there who are just kind of making it harder for other vets because they just flap their gums because they have a chip on their shoulder. And this is where I get really personal with that because I do deal with a lot of vets. I'm going to be 40 years old and these younger guys have seen a lot. When I was there, man, the rules of engagement was if you felt threatened, you take that threat out and right. your commander and you are going to go see the man together and he had your back. And of course, I can't speak other deployments in Iraq or in Afghanistan, but I know it got very political. It got very rules of engagement were totally different than uh, OIF-1. And then, of course, the roadside bombs and how these cowards were attacking us when we're trying to help them with their country. But going back to, I encourage vets to share their story, but be careful who you share your story with. You know, there is going to be people who are going to really help you when you share the story and be proud of what you did and be proud of what you didn't. Right. You know, so I have some guys that are not combat veterans, but they were serving after 9-11 and they were injured on a ship or a state side. And, you know, some of them, unfortunately, had to be amputated because of the injury. So a lot of people at that time, you know, from 2003 to about 2016, automatically assumed these guys were hit with IED. Right. You know, so these guys went into hiding. A lot of these guys went into hiding and self-medicating. And I have a very close friend. He was kind of part of that. And now he's doing outstanding because he started to tell his story. This guy is flying down slopes now. Uh, he's probably going to be a gold medalist in the Paralympics soon. Wow. And so that's my buddy, uh, John Cook. He's a great guy, Navy guy. So I, I you know, I got, I had a, put that to the side that you know he's a squid but this guy <laughs> he's seen more things than i did you know and he thinks i've seen more things than he did so we put that to the side and we just became friends man on man just talking about issues of being a father being a 
divorcee, things like that. So as years go by, I try not to let my military career define me for the rest of my life. Right. How did you find Vets with Wings? How did you find it? And kind of what did that do for you when you came into that? So it was probably a little bit of time after you've been out of the military. Kind of let us know what that journey was and what that experience was. Yeah. So Vets with Wings was one of the organizations that saved my life. It has probably has changed me by just simply getting my depression under control. I departed from the military in a way that I did not imagine. I was medically retired. My old injuries caught up to me. They had diagnosed me with some type of lung disease. And then they were saying it was asthma and they said it wasn't. No one at that time knew about burn pits. So this day, no one's really telling me anything about it. You know, let's just say it's asthma. Hmm. And then uh, later on, I didn't realize I was suffering from uh, survivor's guilt and uh, PTSD. And I didn't want to tell anybody. I didn't want to say nothing because, you know, I'm not a infantryman. I'm not a scout. I'm not a tanker. But I started to realize that I wasn't the only one suffering from what I, you know, I just thought I was weak-minded, that, uh, you know, I'm just a country boy that didn't see this kind of stuff growing up in L.A. And seeing uh, our weapons do to people. And sometimes some innocent people were, unfortunately, affected with it. And like I said, I was part of the invasion into Iraq after the uh, bombing campaign. We were the first Americans there. I mean, concrete, the streets were on fire, buildings were on fire, were burning up their tanks, everything was on fire, you know? And at that time, it's like you flip a switch, it's kind of like you're going through a movie. So I didn't realize I was suffering from a lot of flashbacks and being irritable. And uh, I was self-medicating with alcohol and it put a toll on me. And so I went through therapy and started to do uh, cognitive therapy. And that only helped out so much. And of course, the VA, I think the VA does an outstanding job here in Fresno. I can't say anything bad about that hospital for the, uh, the therapy side, physical therapy, and also all the doctors there. I think they do an amazing job uh, from all the other stores I hear about other hospitals. But I remember hearing about Vets with Wings because I found myself basically using golf as a, you know how they say you uh, try to find a healthy habit to get rid of a bad habit? <laughs> That's right. Well, golf really helped me, but it also helped me drink more. But it helped me learn how to control my drinking, right? And then after a while, I kind of weaned myself off from drinking, from self-medicating to just socializing with other vets. And then that's when I began to meet other vets who went through different traumatic events. And as soon as they heard that I was part of the initial push, it was like a whole different subject there and that they didn't want to talk about their stuff. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I feel the same way about other guys and their MOSs. So I was like, this doesn't matter. As a Marine Corps veteran myself, that last segment gave me the chills. Vets with Wings, our partner using aviation to give back to other veterans. You heard Rolando, quote, saved my life. There's another statement I want you to remember, to see what our weapons do to people. You can't just flip a switch between war and peace, ladies and gentlemen. This is not a game, and it ain't like the movies. 888-366-5256. Do you hear the humility and gratitude in this man's words? Stay here. More to come. David Costa, Renegade Aviator, 888-366-5256.
Wait a second. Did you miss an episode of my show? Well, we have your six aviation term there. We have your back. Search the Renegade Aviator Radio Show on that internet thing, and you'll find all kinds of places where you can hear me. Technology, an amazing thing. AV, the number eight R, iTunes, SoundCloud, iHeart, Stitcher, Google Play. You can take me with you. David Costa, Renegade Aviator. See ya. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away If you can use some exotic booze There's a bar in far Bombay Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away David Costa, the renegade aviator with the throttles pushed forward today, trying to fit in Rolando Corral's interview, 888-366-5256, for more information. Re-engaging. Here we go. I was starting out a nonprofit to help out vets to cope with things, to get off the couch and cope with things out in the golf, out in the links, you know, playing golf. And he told me, hey, man, I just went on a flight with this guy named Adam. And he's starting this thing called Vets with Wings. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. You know, he's like, you should try it out. And I was like, nah, yeah, that's cool. You know, I just kind of brushed it off a little bit because all I wanted to do was go to school, go to work, take care of my kids and play a little golf here and there. And I didn't want to get involved with nobody else. You know, I didn't want to have to retell my story to any other vets, you know, get into that stuff. But I didn't realize what Vets with Wings was more of an individual thing. And then they also they were wanting to have events as a group, like the uh, little barbecues they have in the hangar. Just that itself, I think is amazing. Just a simple thing where people get together and volunteer to get together. So one of my friends was really going through a bad situation. And I told him, hey, man, he was kind of my guinea pig, I guess. I was like, hey, uh, meet this guy, Adam. Go out on an airplane ride with him. And he's like, well, I won't go if you don't go. So we both went. And uh, he ended up flying. And I just dropped him off and took off. And I just felt like I didn't deserve any good stuff at that time. You know, I felt like I was going through a lot, you know. Mm. And uh, I meet Adam, and before I knew it, he already made up my mind. And he's like, let's go. So I was like, all right. So I, I didn't fly with Adam initially. I flew with, I think his name was Craig. He's got a, a super cub. Very cool. And I think Adam had told him, hey, fly this guy around and try to make him puke. <laughs> 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 it was one of my first times since 2000, I'll say since 9-11. Because 9-11, we were all affected, you know. And I think... From 2001 to 2015, I believe, I'm in the Super Cub. It was one of my first times literally letting go. And feeling like the old me is down there, scared, pissed off, depressed, angry, down there in the tarmac or in the hangar, just sitting there, not just frustrated and feeling like there's no hope, there's no purpose. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. You know? And it makes absolute sense. Yeah, so I'm on the radio and I'm just like, Hell yeah, I deserve this. I deserve to smile. I deserve to have fun. And the pilot's talking to me. He's like, hey, we're going to do a little of this and a little of that. And I was like, go for it. I was able to grab the controls for a few minutes and felt that. Like, hey, I do have control of my life. Being happy is a damn choice. Right on. I, all these years I've been choosing to just be pissed off. And like, who am I to just say, okay, this is the way it should have gone. But you know what? It didn't go that way. And I'm glad because it changed me a lot. And I probably wouldn't have been a good leader. If, I mean, of course, the Army has great 
NCOs. And I was a little upset because I was an E4P, you know, I was a uh, promotable. I knew all the first sergeants. They were like, hey, I dare you to walk into the uh, E5 board backwards. You'll still get an E5, you know? <laughs> and I didn't know what that meant. You know, I didn't really know what that meant, but I loved the Army. I was a sponge. I learned everything. I, I tried to cross-train and everything. I just loved being a soldier and did a lot of stuff with major nonprofits. And I did a lot of work, but it was it was for other people. It wasn't for me. And mm. yeah, I did get a little college credit for kind of like an internship with that nonprofit. But it really did help me to meet other vets who needed that kind of help. And I started to see, going back to, we're only strong as those who choose to support us. So I said, I made a promise to myself that I'm going to support Vets with Wings as much as I can. I want to promote them. And I did find some therapy and it was a little scared, but it held me accountable. And I learned that from uh, the Project Odyssey with the Wounded Warrior Project. One of the uh, counselors there was, he talked about accountability, you know, holding yourself accountable. That's right. And, and I felt again, I, I had that ruck on my back and it was just pushing me down and, and my head down and I couldn't walk around with pride and you know, and, and be proud of, of uh, who I was, of my failures and uh, some accomplishments. Of course, you know, I was very proud of being a father of three. And I was married, very proud of and very, felt very fortunate of that. But, uh, you know, life happens. Life happens. It's really hard to tell, say that to another vet that lost three of his buddies. You know, yeah. it's really hard to say that. But, but getting him in a plane, let him know he could change his attitude by going up into altitude. There's no words. You don't need any words. Damn. Another break. Vetswithwings.com or call David Costa, the renegade aviator, 888-366-5256. I do have control. I have a choice. Happy is a choice. Vetswithwings.com. Be right back. Once I get you up there Where the air is rarefied We'll just glide Business owners, now might be the best time to get a business aircraft. You think your company is too forward to afford a jet? Need more time? Want to get back home and see the family more often? Sick and tired of the cattle car way of flying with the airlines? In about 26 minutes, I can see if you would be a good fit for what we do at Renegade Jets. The call is free and without obligation. Let's talk. 888-366-5256. the host of the Renegade Aviator Radio Show, David Costa. 888-366-5256, vetswithwings.com, our formal announcement of support this week. Vetswithwings.com, tell them Renegade Aviator sent you. Rolando Corral, 37th Cav, 3rd ID, U.S. Army, his experience breaking the cycle, go. I love being a part of it. I really do. And uh, right after my divorce, I found myself 
having that rut where I couldn't get out. And like I said, you know, I had heard about Vets with Wings, but it wasn't meant for me to go on that time because after my divorce, I found myself with no purpose anymore. You know, uh, when I was in my 20s, I lost my purpose because I was basically medically retired out of the Army. I didn't know what to do with my life. I went back, I graduated, I got an AS degree at COS and I transferred to Fresno State and I was loving the whole academics parts of it. I loved the learning. And unfortunately, I ended up getting divorced in 2015. But right after that, that's when I, I got on that airplane ride and it saved me. It really did. And uh, I could honestly say Vets with Wings has helped me, not just me, even the generations to come because it helped me break some of that cycle you know, of anger, depression, everything that comes with being affected with uh, going into a combat, Yeah, you know, being a combat vet. And then I kind of opened up. I love hanging out with Vietnam veterans, Vietnam era veterans, and just sitting there listening to them and, 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 and trying to invite them and get on the airplane, you know, and I hope it gets bigger. I hope that's between grows into other uh, airports, you know, across the nation. Excellent. And it really is about camaraderie. It's that it's not feeling sorry. It's uh, feeling that inadequate, not good enough. I didn't do as much as I could have, or maybe I should have, or maybe I did too much. And you know what? In the end, that's all behind us. That's all behind you. It's just like what you said, accountability and standing up and moving forward and making decisions. And an organization like Vets with Wings is powerful because it's not somebody preaching to you. It's somebody who's been there with you. The past is in the past, and you wish you would have done more. You wish you could have been a part of a little bit more of this. But I feel like I am continue serving by when I'm able to volunteer with other nonprofits. I do encourage vets to volunteer, but volunteer and also, you know, take advantage of, of the events that they put on, but also limit what you're doing socially and kind of back off on whatever some of these vets are doing, because I'm going to say it. It's a lot of vets are self-medicating and they just want to be numb yep. and some don't want to move on, you know, and that's a choice. I think when you get out of the military, you got somebody, either one of your peers or somebody above you or below you saying, you know what, yeah. make a better decision, keep going, make a better decision. Right. And so you get out and the world either pats you on the head and says, oh, poor you, or you sit back and say, poor me. And the military gave us that, right? Military gave us a little Absolutely. bit of that backbone, which is missing yeah. in the real world. <laughs> so. Yeah, unfortunately it is. I think some bets fall into being a victim. And I'm not trying to go political here or anything, but we weren't drafted. We volunteered to, to join. We volunteered to be a part of this green machine or the Marine Corps or whatever branch we went into. Absolutely. So no and one owes and it's not a movie. No. One, no. It's not a movie. No one owes us Jack, but I'm very, very proud of the unit that I was in and to earn my spurs and to be able to walk around a whole infantry division and people looking at you crazy and even some colonels walking up to you and asking you, why do you have a Stetson on and why are you wearing spurs? And I would proudly explain how I earned this Stetson hat and how I earned these spurs. So it's amazing being part of a time-honored tradition. And Going back into aviation, I mean, it's so cool how Bets with Wings has tied in all these, you know, aviation is something very unique. And most vets don't realize how the access they have to just getting on a plane and flying around. It, it, sometimes it's mind-blowing because I have to re-explain to them what Bets with Wings is. 
they're like, wait a minute, what? So we just kind of hang out in the hangar sometimes and just <laughs> like, no, you could actually get on a plane. There's going to be, I think the app is out yet. I'm not sure, but it's almost, uh, Adam yeah. Is, uh, yeah, he's been working diligently to streamline a lot of stuff to get these pilots and the vet linked together and meet up at an airport and, and go flying around for uh, 15 to 30 minutes or whatever they do, you know, and I recently had a, a small reunion in Louisville, Kentucky last November. And I was out there and, and talking to uh, some people out there and they want to do something like that. And, and uh, hopefully they, I gave them Adam's contact, but uh, just the concept of it, it's therapeutic. It is. And, and, you know, this is what I always tell people. Aviation, it allows you to be the person that makes decisions. It demands that you take responsibility for those decisions as that pilot in command. And it's very unforgiving of people that don't want to be excellent. So what a better environment for a former military person to get involved in because it gives you everything that the military offered us, whether we took advantage of it or not, to the best of our ability then, we have the ability to do it now. Make decisions, take responsibility, and be excellent, man. We all need to pull our heads out of our rear end. And I see it when I hop into an airplane and strap it on. I'm required to forget what just happened before I strapped on the airplane, right? I could have had the worst day in the world, but now I'm in control again. And that does something for your psyche. I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm a very visual person. The day that I crawled into that Super Cub, I mean, I'm not a big guy. It's kind of a good fit for me. The pilot was a little taller than me. You know, he's kind of crowding in there and he gets adjusted. He fits in like a glove and he's just, like you said, he's taking control. And I'm sitting back there. I'm like, wow, I'm letting... Everything, because I, I avoided certain things that caused me to have these flashbacks or memories of things I didn't want to think about, right? Mm-hmm. So here I am and behind a pilot and literally letting him control my life for right now. My life is in his hands. I'm giving him full control. Interesting. Rolando, thank you for your service. Thanks for coming on board here and sharing. And uh, I'm looking forward to meeting you. I'm sure I will, either out of Visalia or one of the events we're going to be doing to support vets with wings. But uh, right on, brother. Outstanding. Thank you so much, Dave. I appreciate it, man. From a former Marine to an Army soldier. Summer five, brother. Rolando Corral, ladies and gentlemen. He inspired the hell out of me. I hope the same for you. I wrap all this up in the final segment. Stay right there. David Costa, the Renegade Aviator, 888-366-5256. Vetswithwings.com. We promote aviation, ladies and gentlemen. There are opportunities for pilots, mechanics, engineers, air traffic controllers, and all kinds of support staff in aviation. Interested in a career in aviation but don't know where to start? Give me a call. 888-366-5256. Leave a message. We will call you back and do our best to help you on your new career in aviation. 888-366-5256. So peace to us on the big blue sky And hey, bye-bye from the long black Cadillac Hey, surprise, gotta roll those dice And hey, bye-bye from the long black Cadillac Right now in the long black Cadillac Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
questions, comments, suggestions, or recommendations, call the Renegade Aviator at 888-366-5256 anytime and leave us a message. WhyVetsWithWings.com, is there any doubt in your mind after listening to this week's interview with Rolando Corral, one of the many veterans that this organization has saved? Vets with Wings is our chosen charitable partner, and I'm asking you as a member of our crew to consider supporting this organization as well. So go to VetsWithWings.com and make sure you tell them that the Renegade Aviator sent you. My good friend, Adam Saborin, an Army Combat Blackhawk pilot, West Point grad, and an entrepreneur, started this organization so that he could turn his passion into purpose. And you know, I do a lot of personal development stuff on this show. We talk about passion on this show, but passion without purpose is a selfish act. Anyone can have passion, but can you find your purpose in life? That's the challenge. These veterans that the Vets with Wings serves did not simply lose their purpose. It was ripped from them in combat, or maybe they had a purpose in combat, But in coming home, it was ripped from them. Vets with Wings is saving lives. Not my words, my friends. You heard Rolando say it today. I have a radio show. I fly air shows in my TS-11 Iskra military jet. So what can I do? I don't know. I can do something, and we will. Stay tuned because you will want to get involved with what we have planned to support Vets with Wings. I liked many of the things that Rolando said this week, but he mentioned accountability. Hold yourself accountability for your failures and your accomplishments to break the cycle that many veterans find themselves in. Accountability is often a good start. They get it. But to take back control in your life, you might need to give up control once in a while. When these veterans fly with Vets with Wings, they experience both at the pace they need so they can start their journey back to the person that they were, to the best them. In order to change your attitude, change your altitude. VetsWithWings.com To the veterans out there suffering in silence and medicating yourself, as Rolando Corral said, you are only as strong as those who choose to support you. We are choosing to support you. We're here. Let us help. VetsWithWings.com or call me, 888-366-5256. This is David Costa. I am the Renegade Aviator. See ya. So peace to us.